Who knows if we got any magic left in these old bones, but we're going to try. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're talking about books that we've read to get us in the mood for fall. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media. All of this truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey, everyone. It is the first Tuesday of October. It's my favorite month. And we wanted to take the time to invite you to join our Book Talk Etc. Patreon community. As you may know, Patreon is an online membership platform that gives you a way to financially support our podcast. And for $5 a month, you get access to all of our bonus content. This is anything we've recorded or released previously, as well as anything we release moving forward while you're a patron. Truly, our Patreon community means so much to us, and your support allows us to keep doing what we do and to take on bigger projects. Last month, patrons enjoyed our Mood Reader Happy Hour, and Renee put together a painstaking list of all the books that we shared. We also released our What's in the Mailbag episode and Criminally Booked 3 that had a topic of Vanished Without a Trace. Patrons will also receive our audiobook narrator guide, which is a PDF where we share tips, advantages of audiobooks, fun facts, and of course, we share our favorite narrators and a title read by them. We're also rolling out another feature this month that we're very excited about. We wanted to come up with a community read for all of our patrons, and this will be something that we release monthly. Join us as we all read a book together and have a casual discussion about it. Renee and I will rotate every other month, and our picks will be books that we've read in advance so that we know these are titles we want to share widely and discuss with other readers. In October, we're hosting a book club meeting for The Drowning Kind by Jennifer McMahon. And that was something that our patrons voted on. So we're excited to chat about that. We're also going to have a bonus fall What's in the Mailbag and Criminally Booked Episode 4. It would mean so much to us if you would consider supporting us in this way. It's a great way not only to interact with us on a deeper level, but to connect with other readers. And if you're interested, head to patreon.com slash booktalk, et cetera, or look for the link in our show notes. Great job on featuring so many of our fun bonus content, which I think we do a lot. And I do want to chime in with something that we don't hit on too often, but because we are a small business and we do really appreciate support, something that we, we haven't done yet is feature ads on our show. And we're not opposed to that by any any means, but we would love to keep continuing our show to be ad-free. And if you like that about our show, consider supporting us on Patreon because that is a way that we can get get and keep our small business growing and perhaps continue to keep our show ad-free. Mm-hmm. So that's just my um, last minute Patreon plug for ourselves. So Tina, how are you? I'm 
doing great. I mean, I can't complain. Like I mentioned in the beginning, October is my favorite month. My birthday's at the end of the month. It's getting to be Halloween. It's great weather. I mean, in the Midwest, I'm still thinking about all of our friends down in Florida and the south southern mm-hmm. region, the atrocity that they just experienced with the hurricane. But as far as I go, I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I know. I, I've been watching the news mm-hmm. and it's just shocking and horrible. And we have some patrons in Florida. So I was able to touch base with them and they're they're doing okay. So it's just, yeah, it's crazy. That's why I like to read climate fiction books because weather scares me. <laughs> There's nothing mm-hmm. you can do. I mean, not just hurricanes, but weather across the board. It's just this nothing we can do. There's, you know, you can batten down the hatches and try and protect yourself, but ultimately it's an act of nature. And boy, I, it freaks me out, but I do like to read about that. Yeah. That's actually something I would like to read a little bit more. That's not something I read a lot of climate fiction. So that. Now that you mention it, yeah, I would love some titles to kind of kick that off at some point. My next is going to be The Displacements by Bruce Holsinger. So many of you, I shared on my Instagram that I'm worried about mm-hmm. Florida and fascinated by hurricanes. And so many people were like, you should read this. Or they said, don't read it because it's super intense. And I'm like, no, actually, that's what I like. So <laughs> I want to, that's going to be my next read after we wrap things up today. You know, we always have to have multiple books going. I'm always thinking about what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I'm going to lead us in today with My Loving Lately. And My Loving Lately is a total splurge. This was something that I saved up for. And I was like, all right, when we get in the new house, I want this thing. And it's a mirror. <laughs> it is a <laughs> makeup mirror and ring light by Ilios Lighting. And we have this little vanity area in our upstairs bathroom. And I love this thing. <laughs> It's so bright. And and okay, I'm laughing because for a long time, I'm like, you know, I love makeup tutorials on YouTube, but I'm just not that good at makeup personally. It's because I couldn't see because <laughs> my makeup mirror before was so far away and not bright. So now I have this huge mirror. But more importantly, it's bright as hell. I mean, this thing will light up your entire room. It's so bright. So you really can see what you're doing. It also has a little handle to hold your phone. It's very sturdy. And what I like, I've had light up makeup mirrors before, but it was kind of dim and they were a little flimsy. This one is very, very sturdy and it's also beautiful. It looks super sleek. It's got a magnifying side and a regular side. Now, this is pricey, but one of my favorite beauty YouTubers, her name is Tati, she had a code. And so I use her code. I don't have one personally, but I did find if you use the code 50 now, you get 50 bucks off. So I can put that in the show notes. I think if you're on the market for a mirror, if you have a vanity that just feels like you want something to, I don't know, bring it to the next level, I highly recommend this one. It also has great ratings. I certainly didn't discover it, but I am in love with it. It is my Makeup Mirror and Ring Light by Ilios Lighting. Also, they shipped this thing. I swear to you, I ordered it and it was at my house like less than 48 hours later. I'm like, where are you located? Wow! (laughs) Like It was like they were in my backyard. Like, oh, here's your mirror. It came so fast. That's awesome. That's a great loving lately. It's great for skincare too. So you don't need to be just doing your makeup. John uses it for his skincare. It's, I love it. And then we got this little stool. So I sit at my little vanity and get ready. It's great. Oh, nice. Okay, good. For my loving lately, it, it will tie in or it does tie in a little bit about what we're going to talk about in our book talk today, which we are going to talk a bit about independent bookstores. 
which was a total coincidence that I already had my loving lately. I have a combo. I am bringing an Instagram account and her name is Kate. She's from The Salty Bookworm and she has a great Instagram account and connected with her. And she's the manager bookseller of Thunder Road Books, which is an independent bookstore at the beach in New Jersey. So you can follow both of those accounts on Instagram. And then Thunder Road Books has a website as well. So I connected with Kate because I had been you know, wanting to expand and, and kind of see what other independent bookstores are out there. And she's a great follow on Instagram. And I asked her if I could not only bring her as in loving lately, but if I could ask her a few questions and she was happy to answer and sent me an email, answered all of my questions. So I'm going to share a bit about what she shared with me later in our book talk. But what I like about her account and the fact that you can follow independent bookstores online if they have an Instagram account. The booksellers like Kate are posting pictures of books and you can stay up on maybe some new releases or some upcoming releases and just get thoughts from someone who is actually working and in the throes of the book community and book world every day. And that's what Kate does. Now, as part of my loving lately, I want to share a couple snippets of of things she shared with me. So one of my questions for her was, uh, what have you read lately and loved? And one of her books she mentioned was for young readers that she loved Attack of the Black Rectangles by A.S. King and The Lamplighters by Emma Stonix, which is a book I brought to the show last fall. And I can second that that was really good. So I'll share some more of the information later in our book talk, but I really encourage people to find some of these accounts or websites and you can get a lot of book scoop and good ideas. So this was Kate from The Salty Bookworm and Thunder Road Books. That is a great recommendation. And they're in New Jersey, right? New Jersey at the uh, bookstore at the beach. Oh, fun. Okay. On the board. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yes. I love following booksellers because those two books are not books that I think we see everywhere. And so I think booksellers are able to give us books that aren't super hyped and, you know, they're, they're not necessarily always ones that we're seeing everywhere. Right. Exactly. Which I love too. All right. Well, short and sweet today with our loving lately, let me tell you about my latest read. This book is a prequel to a book that I loved and it's The Two Lives of Sarah by Catherine Adele West. And this is the prequel to Saving Ruby King. It's set in 1960s Memphis, where a young mother finds refuge in a boarding house. Sarah King has nothing with her except her secrets and the baby in her belly, but she's welcomed with open arms by Mama Sugar, a kindly matriarch and owner of the popular boarding house, the Scarlet Poplar. Like many cities in early 1960s America, Memphis is still segregated, but change is in the air. News spreads of the Freedom Riders, and across the country, people like Martin Luther King Jr. are leading the fight for equal rights. Black literature and Black musicians provide the stories and the soundtrack for these turbulent yet hopeful times, and Sarah finds herself being drawn in by the conversations of education, politics, and a brighter tomorrow with Jonas, a local school teacher. And I'll leave it there. 
because I think there were a lot of fun reveals in this one. I will say there is a disclaimer that I wanted to give. Even though this is the prequel to Saving Ruby King, which means it's set before, I think this works best if you read this after you've already read Saving Ruby King. When I read that book, I was very intrigued by the character of Sarah, and I thought, my goodness, why is she so mean? (laughs) Like, what is her, you know, kind of (laughs) problem? And you do find out what happened to her in Saving Ruby King, but in The Two Lives of Sarah, you really come to understand her and her motivation. And I loved having that backstory while I was reading The Two Lives of Sarah. And right away, you can tell she has a complicated relationship with her son, Lebanon. He's a baby, and you can tell she's very much struggling with being a mother, and she's very guarded when she gets there. And she's not one to let people in. She's from Chicago, the South Side, and she comes to Memphis and finds the culture is just very different. But lucky for her, she lands in this boarding house, and the people are so welcoming, she can't help but thaw. So you've got this story about two complicated and strong women set against the backdrop of the civil rights movement. I loved that the author was able to incorporate current events of the time with this story because that was half of what I enjoyed about this was really hearing mentions of these current events from the time. The writing is outstanding. She's such a good writer. And I recommend the audio because the narrator Adenrale Ojo really brings these characters to life. She did such a good job. I call this book very Southern. It's slow, but not in a bad way. It's more or less like you're in the kitchen making biscuits, you know, chatting with family. That's what this book feels like. But I will say too, I liked having a hard copy in my hands because I highlighted a ton. This is a bittersweet story about friendship and making tough choices and what happens to you when you have no other choice but to carry on. I really enjoyed it. And this book is The Two Lives of Sarah by Catherine Adele West. Oh, good. I'm glad. I know you were looking forward to that one. It was one of my most anticipated. It's got a beautiful cover, probably one of my favorite covers of the year for sure. And I'm just glad that I got to read it. And I would love, I can't wait to see what she comes out with next. She is an auto-read author for me. Oh, good. I love finding an auto-read author. I have an auto-read author. Here we go. What do you got? For my latest read. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh Oh, I know this uh, This is going to be a challenge for me to talk about, but I'm going to try it because I, I can't tell you too much. It's Next of Kin by Kia Abdullah. Yes, she is such an auto-read author for me. I listened to this one. I definitely recommend the audio. Tania Rodriguez and Avita J were the narrators. It's so good on audio. I would imagine it is just as good in print. This is about... The fact that on an ordinary working day, you can have your worst nightmare come true. And that is what happened to Layla Saeed. When she receives a call that changes her life to before and after. She's a very, very busy working woman. She's an architect. She's successful. She has her own company. She doesn't have children. She is separated from her husband. And her days are busy. She's very close with her sister and her husband. They're, they're all four of them are kind of best friends. And one morning, her brother-in-law calls her and says he had an emergency at work. Could she drop their three-year-old son, Max, off at his nursery school on her way to work? She says yes. And the morning goes on. She gets to work and she gets a phone call from her brother-in-law and his voice is filled with panic and he he says 
that the nursery school called and asked where Max was. And in that second, she kind of drops the phone, races to her car, and grasps the horror of what she has done. And that's all I can tell you. This is the opening scene. And what follows is an explosive, high-profile trial that will tear the family apart. But as the case progresses, something to keep in mind is that there is more going on than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. And boy, 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 was there. This is a story about a split-second decision that has life-changing consequences It is a roller coaster ride of a story. And by that, I mean, you go up, up, up. The tension, the conflict, and the suspense that she's able to create is so high. But then you come down and you will sit with the characters. So she'll take you to the backstory of the sisters. These are sisters who only have each other. You learn why is it? Why is it they only have each other? What is their story? Who are they? There is a lot to learn about all of the characters. I was invested from start to finish, along with the ebbs and flows of the story. I mean, that's just how a story like this goes. I would say it is a combo high suspense, low suspense, character driven. It's a thriller, but it's also a look at family dynamics. It's a really, really good look at blame and guilt. What does it do to relationships? How do you go on? And also, what is happening? <laughs> you will start to ask yourself, what, what is going on? And where is this author taking me? Just stay in for the ride and be prepared to be not only surprised, but there was parts of the story that I was walking at the park and I know my jaw fell open. Mm-hmm. I know it. It's absolute, absolute great story. You know, I don't talk too much about content warnings. I want to give a very large content warning to the story. There are very, very heavy themes that are a part of this story. I don't really want to say what they are. Feel free to email me or message me. And if you would like to know specifics or, you know, take a few seconds to maybe check a few of your trusted review sources and maybe read a couple reviews if you would like to know more. They're heavy. They're not for everybody. I do think this would be a great book club book as long as you know that your book club could handle these types of themes. So I hope that's not too vague, but I do think I I don't want to give too much away at all. So that was Next of Kin by Kia Abdullah. And in case you were wondering, this was five stars. (laughs) Good. Okay. Because at first you were were gearing up and I'm like, I, I was hoping it was to gear up to describe a book that's really hard to read, but really wonderful. And it sounds like it was. Yes. I recommend 
going on the story graph to see trigger warnings. And what I like about them is they're user submitted. So after you rate a book on the story graph, you can put in trigger warnings if you want to. And then it asks you if it's graphic, moderate, or minor. And I mean, I can see there's like 20 different listings here, you know, a couple people here and there. So if you do want to know, and this is for any book, I think it's a great Mm -hmm. practice if you're somebody that does want to know and doesn't mind. I mean, it's not a spoiler, but it doesn't mind a little kind of advanced notice going in, I think that's a great resource. Right. Yes. There's not too much that bothers me. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think about that. Right. It's hard sometimes until, too. until mm-hmm. I am actively reading the book or when I finish and I think, oh, sh- yeah, I have to be able to describe this, but I don't want to give a whole list of content mm-hmm. warnings. Yeah. And that's Although a good way to this do book it. Could use, yeah, this book could use a little FYI. <laughs> I'll take us to a different place. We have a listener latest read. (laughs) And this book is called In an Instant by Suzanne Redfern. And this is from Tales of Tej on Instagram. And they said they recommend this book because they never hear anyone in their reading life talk about it. It is a book about family, secrets, truths, and the lengths people will go to to protect themselves and their own. But in this case, one family member, you'll like this, watches it all play out from beyond the grave. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And they describe this book as unputdownable and ultimately as hopeful as it is harrowing. And I thought that sounded so good and like perfect for yes. you specifically. And it, it seems mm-hmm. to have good ratings. So I was very excited that they brought this to us. The book is In an Instant by Suzanne Redfern. And as always, if you want to submit your listener latest read to us, email us, message us on Instagram. Call us on the telephone. (laughs) No. (laughs) Get it to us however you want to get it to us, and you might be featured on our next podcast. I want to say I'm almost positive that has at some point been recommended to me, Mm -hmm. and I forgot about it. So I am so glad. It came back to you. It's back on my radar. Yes. Yeah. So last week, we did our October books on the radar, and I remember casually saying, like, what's fall? What's autumn? What is the difference? <laughs> is there a difference? Come, Somebody help me. And friend of the show, Claire, she's British, tipped us off that mm-hmm. autumn is typically used by the British, and Americans call the season fall. These two words can be used interchangeably as words for the season in between summer and winter, but autumn is considered the more formal name for the season. So take your pick, really. I think autumn is prettier, but I I typically say fall. Me too. And fall usually comes with some big book releases. And as we were planning this episode, we got to thinking about how this season affects independent bookstores. You know, we're gearing up for the holiday. Are people buying now? Are they waiting? Are they not buying? And unfortunately, too, the indie that was the closest to me just closed. And so it was so sad. And Renee and I were talking. We wanted to have a conversation about independent bookstores and chat a little bit about the ways readers can support indies and just give some statistics. Because a lot of these articles I found I thought were pretty fascinating. Specifically, this article from tckpublishing.com did an awesome job. And of course, we'll link to this in the show notes the article's titled, What are Independent Bookstores? And so if you are from an area that maybe doesn't have a ton or you you might not know, independent bookstores are books that are independently owned and not part of a larger chain retailer. So it's not a Barnes & Noble. These stores are independently owned. Now, they might have several locations, but there are independent owners. And obviously, this is not your Amazon's, not your Barnes & Noble. 
This is how books used to be sold for most of the 20th century. But then as shopping malls became increasingly popular in the 60s, bookstores started making their way into the mall. Let me tell you, that was my favorite thing to do. I have very vivid (laughs) memories as a kid shopping in the mall with my mom going into these bookstores. It was so fun. My mom, bless her heart, never let me ask for a book and not get it for me. She bought me all of the books that I wanted. So thank you, mom. But did you have that experience too of shopping in malls and bookstores? Yes. Yes. I remember Walden Books yes. at the mall and uh, Little Professor. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, it was Little Professor. It might have been like a, a part of another Maybe a, I don't know if it was part of Borders, but I don't think it was. But anyway, I remember going to the mall, mm-hmm. of course, just to go to the bookstore yeah. many, like many, many, many years ago before there were like the big chains that were right around the corner. But they were little, they were quaint, which is what I would also say about, you know, an indie bookstore, mm-hmm. an independent bookstore. They, are usually smaller and they're quaint and they're kind of tailored to the community. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of serendipity because I just behind the scenes had been thinking, you know, when I started following Kate on Instagram, like, you know, I would like to, depending on what she recommends, you know, I'll order a book from them. And every now and then I try to do that yeah. behind, you know, we don't talk about that a whole lot. And actually, before we started the podcast, I, didn't really understand the role that independent bookstores played or how important they really are. I really didn't. Um, Did you? I don't think that I did. And I know that I am in an area that I'm just lucky because there are so many independent bookstores in Chicago land proper. But I didn't kind of, I didn't connect that, yeah, you're shopping small, but like in doing so, and this is from the article, too. He's this Harvard professor, Ryan Raffaelli, calls it the three C's, community, curation, and convening, which means if you buy local or you shop at your indies, you're putting money back into your community. Obviously, that's something you want to do mm-hmm. if you want these stores to continue. There's also this idea of curation, which means booksellers like Kate are curating. Obviously, there's a finite amount of shelf space, and they are deciding and keeping track of trends and deciding what their readers in their community might want to pick up, which I think is so important. And then convening, which is a place for people in your community to meet one another. In my, over the weekend at the store's last day, I did some shopping because everything was like 50% off, buy one, get one. So I was in there and, you know, Lily was looking at some of the other little kids. I was chatting with, I think, the owner because he noticed my t-shirt. I had a t-shirt on for this other indie bookstore. And it was just like, you don't, you can't replicate that. No, Mm -mm. I know. And I was asking Kate, one of the questions I asked her was, what do you wish people knew or understood about independent bookstores? And I want to read you her answer because I think, I think it lends itself to exactly what you're saying. She said, we put our hearts and souls into what we do every single day. I take our seasonal ordering calls very seriously, and I know that our customers have entrusted us to bring them great reading experiences. Yes, we are a business at the end of the day, and it helps to make sure rent is paid. However, the sense of community we have built with our customers is the most valuable entity to book selling. Mm -hmm. She goes on to say how close she is with some of their customers and that they 
They, I'm assuming meaning the booksellers, have attended birthday parties and celebrations Mm -hmm. with their community and they host them too. You're not going to get that, you know, from Amazon or like this is, this is very personal. And I mean, who knew? I didn't know. Who knew that? I had no idea. Yeah. Bookstores were doing these kinds of things. And I've also started more recently attending some author events. Like I flew to California literally to meet Janelle Brown and Julie Clark because I wanted to go to this luncheon for their books. It was held in the LA area at one of their local bookstores. And so while I was there, they had it at a restaurant actually, but I was like, oh, let me wander over to their local indie. And I love to do that. It's one of my favorite things. And I know I'm not alone. We talk about this in our Discord a lot, where we're in a new city. We like to visit as many independent bookstores as we can. While I'm there, too, I never visit, and this is a privilege, I understand, but I never visit without making a purchase just because I'm like, I'm here. I want to make sure that I am not just here for social media. Like, I'm actually supporting you. But I also try and buy merch because usually it's a higher price point. Well, not always, but sometimes a higher price point. But I love my book tees, and that's my favorite thing Mm -hmm. to do is to collect. I have one from The Strand in New York. I have one from Exile in Bookville in Chicago, and that's like my little fun gift to myself. It's like a souvenir from a trip. Right, right. That's a great idea or mention is merchandise. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think for this like conversation, what do I wish I would have known sooner? And anything we can do to support independent bookstores, which I will say, I don't have an independent bookstore right mm-hmm. around the corner from me, even though I, I'm in a suburb of Columbus, but not in the suburb (laughs) that has an independent bookstore. So my closest is probably about, without traffic, a 30-minute drive, Mm -hmm. which isn't horrible. Mm -hmm. But I do have Barnes & Noble literally down the street, you know, at more than one Barnes & Noble. And although they're not independent, I was really, really happy to find out that Barnes & Noble is an important crucial part of the book retail ecosystem. They play a a really critical role. And I feel good now about the fact that I do shop there a lot. And what I try to do when I go there, even if I don't buy a book, which I I try to do, but if I don't, which I don't, I'm I'm going to Barnes and Noble sometimes. Well, right. You're going every week. So I'm not saying buy every time. (laughs) No, I go about twice a week because number one, I love it. And it's also near other stores. Sure, yeah. So I can just pop in. I like to browse and see what I might have missed because I will say that's also something that you're not getting with like on Amazon is a lot of debut authors that are featured, like small books from independent presses that I just don't think I would have heard about necessarily had I not just walked in the store and saw it on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what else I... Okay, so let me finish my my other thought. But what I will try to do is buy a a bookmark or buy a notepad. I love my my Post-it notepads. Um, Like you love your Mm t-shirts. I love, you know, things like that. I will try to buy something because I do think anything, any purchase will help. And I also really love the fact that in in looking at the articles that we were looking at to have this conversation, I did find out that independent, when you buy at, at your local independent bookstore, I think it was 60, yeah, 
So if you spend $100, let's say, $68 of that stays within your own community. Mm -hmm. For Barnes & Noble, for a place like Barnes & Noble, $43 will stay there. So it's not as much, but it still is something. A place like Amazon, it's $0 stay in your community. It's zero. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're not, this is not a anti-Amazon because I shop at Amazon. Mm -hmm. I, lots of things are convenient. But what I have personally changed is my book buying tendencies. Mm -hmm. For example, because I do think we have this platform you know, if people wonder, you know, what are you and I doing behind the scenes? This is what I, yes, I'm still shopping at Amazon, but when it comes to buying my books, which I wanted to pre-order, I will say I was definitely going to pre-order Signal Fires Mm -hmm. by Danny Shapiro. I love that book so much. I cannot wait till that is released October 18th. I ended up pre-ordering that from Thunder Road Books. Nice. Yeah. And you know what? It was only $3 more. Like truly. To pre-order it from them than pre-ordering it on Amazon. So every now and then, especially with pre-orders, which are really important for the author and the bookstore, there's not a big price difference. Yeah. No. And that's a great point. I think you just, it's easy and that's how they get you. And in fact, I've understand that Amazon sells their books for a loss because they know that when you're on the site, you're picking up your book, but also, oh, shoot, you're right. I needed mm-hmm. paper towels mm-hmm. or whatever it is. You know, that's how they right. make their money is by selling other things and by people when they're there buying other, making other purchases. Right. Renee, something that you do very well, and I was hoping that you could educate the rest of us. You are really good at asking for help and getting recommendations for booksellers. I know this sounds dumb and like something I should know, but like, how do you do that? What do you say? (laughs) (laughs) So initially I reached out just to Katie on Basic Bees Guide. We chat a lot and I was telling her about how I wanted to connect with booksellers because I had this idea about bringing or highlighting various independent bookstores throughout, you know, maybe every six to eight weeks on the show and then, you know, However, we can help was my point. I guess we were having a conversation. And she and so she mentioned Kate. So then I started following Kate. And I just I basically just said, Hey, I love connecting with booksellers and I would love to try to do something to highlight your bookstore. And then we just started mm-hmm. chatting. I said, Would you be open to answering some questions? I am planning on bringing this to the show if, you know, that's okay with you. And she was all for that. Do you ever do it in person? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for me, I love to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm, I am a questioner. And what I really just did was ask her what I personally wanted to know, which was, what books are you excited to hand sell this fall? And I will share with you, her answers to that were debut authors who she said they are having a moment. She, her her words were, they are crushing the publishing game. Nice. And yes, but also a return of some much anticipated authors. So she is enjoying hand-selling. Now is not the time to panic by Kevin Wilson and Michelle Obama's The Light We Carry. Mm-hmm. What I have found, booksellers in independent bookstores love to tell you what they're hand-selling. So... I think that that would be a question to start Mm -hmm. with. I bet you could call up any independent bookstore. Just find one 
call and ask over the phone. So what are you guys hand selling this fall? What are you loving? They will answer it. They would love to tell you. And I realize this sounds silly, but I freeze, I think. When I'm shopping, I'm just like, I like put my little purchases on the thing and I just like wait for them to like ask me a question. So I'm like, are you a bookseller? Do you just work here? But then of course, like everyone that works in a bookstore like is going to probably have recommendations that they can make or want to make. They're book lovers, yes. you know? So no, I appreciate that. Before we finish, I want to just do a quick, what else do you need to know? I think it's important to know when you're shopping at independent bookstores, you're not only supporting the authors and you're supporting the bookstore, but you're also supporting publishers because publishers tend to get paid more for their books from independent bookstores. And you know what? We need publishers. Right. We need them to stick around. We need yeah. them to keep publishing all of our wonderful books that we will keep talking about. And I do think we will revisit this more in the future. Absolutely. I think we have more to, to talk about. Yeah. No, that's great. And that was so fun. We we 100,000% have more to say about this. So we can <laughs> yes. continue on. But let's transition into the book recommendations. I'm very excited about both that I'm bringing Ah, so my first one is a new-to-me author, but I know she's got a ton of books out. It's The Long Weekend by Gilly McMillan. And this is about three couples, two bodies, and one secret. This is about a group of friends that go on vacation together every year. But right away, you can tell, okay, something's up because the three women are heading to this remote farm first and the men are staying back home. And the women aren't particularly close to our One is a new wife, and the two that are close, it's because their husbands were friends in college, and they are missing. It's a group of guys that were friends in college and one girl, and the woman that is not with them, you're kind of wondering, what's going on with her? There seems to be some tension there. I love the setting for this. The setting is in on the border of Scotland and England, so it's very much this remote area You can see the rain. You can see the terrain. Like, I just loved this setting. And you find out early when the women get there that someone left a package there under suspicious circumstances. And there is a note that says, basically, enjoy your weekend. One of your husbands is no longer alive. E. Oh. You're like, what the heck is going on? And (laughs) what I really loved about this, there are, I don't know that there are chapters, but you switch between all of the points of view very quickly. So you get the owners of the farm. You get Jane, who is an ex-army woman, very serious, but kind of has her own thing going on. You've got Ruth, who is a new mother, a doctor, and clearly has an alcohol problem. And then young Emily, who's this new wife and the newest addition to the group. But the woman missing is Edie. And she was the woman, the female of this friend group. But her husband died suddenly, so that's why she's not on this trip. Something's going on. And what they had hoped would be a relaxing vacation soon turns to horror. And it goes from there. You'll like this. Because of the location, there are no cell phones, so they don't have service. Oh, yeah. You basically see what happens as these three women unravel. You're wondering the whole time who's betraying them, what's happening. The thing is, there's a lot of points of view, and sometimes I get fussy with that, but I was never confused because, to me, the characters all felt very different. I also love that we get to hear from the creep's point of view. 
So the person that's like orchestrating this entire thing, they have a perspective as well. Very, very entertaining. I thought this for fall specifically, it's the sense of place that really makes this a fall read. It's set in early September. It's rainy. It's wet. It's chilly. And I really enjoy this. I would call this a popcorn thriller. It does go over the top, but in ways that make sense. And you get a very satisfying resolution. I am so excited because I just discovered a new thriller writer. I haven't read a proper thriller in what feels like forever. And this one definitely fit the bill for me. I did a combination print and audio, and I recommend this book. It was one of my favorite thrillers I've read this year. It was The Long Weekend by Gilly McMillan. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, You said something too. The setting, that's perfect for fall reading. And that's also something I was looking for in my books. However, my first book has a fall-like cover. (laughs) So sometimes I get drawn in by that. And this one is We Spread by Ian Reid. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my yes. goodness, I have a copy. I know. Tell I me didn't about tell you it. I was reading that. Yeah, yeah, this is a, a surprise. <laughs> this is a surprise. Well, it's a surprise to me because it just it, <laughs> it just came out. To, <laughs> it just came out. It got bumped to the very top of my TBR, which after I read a review from Rita Can't Stop Reading on Instagram, if you are not following her, you must follow her. Her reviews are fantastic. Um and then this is narrated by Robin Miles. I was able to get the audio. It's superb. Robin Miles is able to do voices and timing so, so well. This is first person narration. And the narrator is Penny. And Penny is an artist. And she had lived in the same apartment for decades. She is in her early 80s, I believe. She's surrounded by her artifacts and keepsakes of a life well-lived. She has kind of resigned herself to a very strict ritual routine of old age, and she's doing pretty well until things start to slip. Things literally start to slip when Penny takes a fall. Because she lives alone, the arrangements have been made, and what she didn't know was that her partner, who passed away many years earlier, made provisions for her for a room in a very unique long-term care residence where Penny ends up going. So we do get to meet Penny. I will tell you, I liked Penny right away. I liked her thoughts on life and aging and how just I liked her. Initially, when she gets to the long-term care residents, she is skeptical, but she does meet some fellow residents. Uh, There's a musician, there's a linguist. So there are people who are using their talents or trying to use their talents just like she is. She starts chatting with them. She starts eating and sleeping better because she's getting regular meals. And this is all set in a very serene setting. There's beautiful woods surrounding their house. So really, Penny begins to start to feel better. However, as the days go on, things start to slip in Penny's mind. She starts to lose her sense of time. There's a a bit of distrust by her to the people that are working there. 
And she starts to question her grip on reality, as does the reader, because I was listening to this as the story goes a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And I thought, what is going on? I know I did. And then I had a a quick chat with Rita. I wasn't sure if this was a like, was this a story about dementia? Was there something else more sinister going on? And that's where I want to leave it because the way the story is told, it is so unsettling. I do love a story that keeps me off balance. And I was off balance the entire time. I will say this is a, what I think is a, a genre mashup because this is billed as philosophical suspense, which I'd never heard of, but I really like that. And I would agree. This was definitely philosophically suspenseful, but I would also say throw in a dash of psychological suspense, a little bit of dystopia, and a smidge of horror, all in under th- in 300 pages, actually. I think it was 301 pages. I binged this. I am still thinking about it. I'm going to continue thinking about this, actually. I, I need. I want to talk about it more. I think this would be a perfect book club book. I do think that this is going to appeal to readers in midlife and beyond, possibly a little bit more than it's going to appeal to younger readers. There's a lot about aging and end of life and what's important in life. I do think, though, even if you are younger, if you've had an aging loved one, there's a lot that you will find to relate to and like about this book. It left me, uh, again, with just a wow, like, wow, what did I just read feeling? And I love that. I think that's what I'm settling on as something I'm really looking for in my fall reading. So that was We Spread by Ian Reid. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love the cover of this one too. You're right. It is very fall. I at first mm-hmm. thought you said knee spread. And I was like, yeah, I hate when people are on the train and sitting with their knees spread. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, oh no, we spread. I know exactly what you're talking about. But no, that sounds like a good yeah. book and one that, you know, is a kind of almost a departure for you, not your normal crime. And, you know, I don't read too many books like that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read Ian Reid before. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people loved I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh, right. Yeah. His popular book that was was made into, I think, a Netflix series. I haven't read that one. I think he has a distinct style of writing. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. It was really like all I can say is give it a try. I mean, yeah. And then come back and talk to me because I need to talk about it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sounds good. My final book is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by San Gu Mandana. I brought this first to our August mailbag bonus episode, but I saved it for fall because this is the perfect fall book. And this book, I will tell you about it. Witches are real and they meet once a month to convene, (laughs) share secrets, share spells, and to be bossed around by Primrose, who is the oldest witch of the group. And this book is set in Britain. And you've got Mika Moon. She is the protagonist. And Mika is young. She knows kind of the ropes, but has grown up with this very isolated life because 
The thing about witches is that they can't speak to one another in between the meetings because it'll draw too much attention to their power. So she knows how to hide her magic. She knows how to keep her head down and basically to stay away. She was an orphan. She lost her parents at a young age and ended up being raised by strangers. And she's used to following the rules, except for one tiny exception. She has an online account, kind of like Witch Talk, if you want to think of it that way, (laughs) where she posts videos pretending to be a witch. But no worries. No one's going to take her seriously. No one notices, except, of course, they do. And Uh she gets an unexpected message in her inbox, and it's begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious nowhere house. And she figures out that these people believe she's real. They believe she's a real witch. And she's like, oh my gosh, she's got her own stuff going on. She's like, all right, let me go and see. Even though she's not supposed to, it's going to break the rules. And she immediately gets tangled up in the lives of these other characters. And the characters are these caretakers. So you've got this whole house, the nowhere house, and these people are caretakers for three young witches. And they reach out to her because the witches need to know what to do with their power. She's like, flabbergasted that there's three witches together and her caretakers are like, we need help. We need you to help them control their power. So she agrees to take on this task. This book is funny. I loved Mika. She's an awesome character. It's easy to read. It's so very fall and it's so very entertaining. I thought it was very of the season. What I liked about this book is it she gives a lot of like magic talk and spells, like what you would do. And like, it actually describes like what a witch would do. It felt very real. It, I was like, oh yeah, I understand that witches are real and you have some insider knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it felt very well researched. There are excellent side characters and maybe a little romance, but like maybe not. You'll have to read and see. Mm. All I can say is I had a smile on my face the entire time when I was reading this. I'm going to give a big comp, but I think this comp is perfect. If you liked the book, The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune, pick this up because I definitely think these are good for one another. I recommend it. I definitely think you should give it a shot. I rated it very highly. It is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mendana. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked that. I loved it. It was so good. And I'm I'm glad the publisher sent this to me because I heard nothing about it. I just then, Amy at our Mood Reader Happy Hour mentioned it again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do have this book. Let me try it. And I ended up loving it. I am glad that you lightened up the discussion a bit because I'm going... Oh, you're going back down going for fit, us. Going I'm back going down. Back okay. down. <laughs> I think that the theme of my autumn reading is... Bummer town. <laughs> is uh, either scary, unsettling, unbalanced, uh, or what would you do thriller. This one falls into the scary and, and unbalanced read under a blanket sort of story, and it is The Prophet by Michael Corita. And have you heard of this? Nope. Okay, good. I actually really enjoy Michael Carita, and I don't hear that much about him at all. Let me give you how I would describe this. Friday Night Lights meets small town serial killer thriller. And that is exactly this book. When I started reading, I was like, oh my gosh. Also, this is set in Ohio. So how crazy is that around Cleveland? So anyway. This is about Adam Austin, and Adam hasn't spoken to his brother in years. When they were teenagers, their sister was abducted and murdered, and 
basically their family never recovered. So now as an adult, almost 40, Adam keeps to himself. He's a bail bondsman. And so he works close with the town's criminal fringes. Sometimes he may be a part of them. His brother, Kent, is the beloved coach of the local high school football team. Absolutely think Coach Taylor. If you've seen Friday Night Lights, you can definitely picture Coach Taylor as Kent Austin. He's a religious man and he is a hero in the community. This is a small town and they love their high school football. After years of near misses, Kent's team has a shot at the state championship. This is set exactly, I think, in the month of October. Leaves are changing and falling. It's crisp. It's cool. People are looking forward to Friday night football. Just before the playoffs begin, the town and the team are thrown into shock when another teenage girl is found murdered. This is about 25 years after Kent and Adam's sister had been murdered. So when details emerge that connect the crime to the Austin brothers, the two brothers are then forced to unite to try to stop a killer while also confronting their buried rage and grief that they've been carrying all these years. That's really it. That's really all you need to know. This is a serial killer thriller, but it's not your typical serial killer thriller because I would say this is a very this is on the lighter side as far as gore and graphic details go. There aren't that many, which I really, really liked. What I like about Michael Carita's writing, which applies to this book, I've as well as the others that I've read, I've read Those Who Wish Me Dead by him, which was fantastic also. His writing pulls you in immediately. Like he jumps right into the suspense. And in this book, Right into the suspense means we get to hear from the killer in the prologue. And I love a good prologue. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. And we get that here. Also, his writing has a literary feel to it. He allows us time to get to know the characters, get to know the community, get to know the town, get a feel for this, because then he is going to shake it up at some point. He is an author that is not afraid to kill his characters, good, bad, otherwise. He makes you care about them. He makes you feel scared of them. And then he puts the reader through the emotional ringer. I love that. There's plenty of scares. There's plenty of tension. And there's plenty of heart. This is a very well-plotted mystery that I did not have figured out. My only criticism, and for those who like football, this is not going to be a criticism for you, but for me, there's quite a bit of football game details <laughs> and play-by-play of the game that that coach was coaching, the boys, because you do, some of the football players are characters in this story, so you definitely get to know them. That's my only criticism. I didn't really care for the extra football game details, but that's a minor criticism. Overall, I loved this. And like I said, great mystery. Highly recommend it. It's The Prophet by Michael Corita. Good. Now, how'd you find this one? 
I was researching up a storm because I was in the mood to read something somewhat scary under a blanket because it's gotten cold. And so I started researching past favorite authors who write books like this. Mm -hmm. And he's one because those who wish me dead is set in the wilderness. Like it's and so I'd already read that. So then I was like, oh, I wonder if he has any more. And that's how I found this. Gotcha. It was it was absolutely the perfect fit. I was going to say, like, this is a perfect fit for you. I love it's it. It's a perfect fit. Your research is paying off. It does pay off, but I get I got really frustrated. I was like, I'm never going to find. Oh, I know, her. I know. Like, like, it's so fun to connect throughout the week because, like, you know, big, like, how's your fall reading going? And <laughs> a lot of times, Renee's like, I DNF 15 books, but I found a great one. I love five stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened mm-hmm. with this. As soon as I I got into the audiobook, which it's narrated by Robert Petkoff, and it was fantastic on audio. As soon as I started listening and he mentioned the season and the setting and and then what it was in small town Ohio, I was like, this could not be more perfect. Yes. Perfect. I hope that you try this author. I hope our listeners give this author a try if you haven't read his books. He's good. Yeah. He's really, really good. I bet Jonathan would like this one. He's a football player and like probably would enjoy all of the detail. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He totally would. All right, let's get into shelf edition. I'm so excited for mine. It is a book called On the Savage Side by Tiffany McDaniel. Tiffany is the author of Betty, which I really enjoyed. And her next book comes out on February 14th, 2023. On the Savage Side is based on the unsolved murder case of the Chillicothe Six. And this story is about twin sisters, Ark and Daffy, who were born and raised in Chillicothe, Ohio. Despite their vivid imaginations, there is no escaping the generational chaos that grips their family and the opioid epidemic that has a chokehold over their community. Addiction, Ark says, was the home that raised us. So they cling to one another tightly. And as an adult, Ark begins to wrestle with the memories of their life, their father's death, their volatile relationship with their mother, life in the shadow of a town that's been economically abandoned, just as a local woman is discovered drowned in the river. And while her friends disappear, soon the bodies of other women are found too, but the police keep turning a blind eye. And while the friends around her disappear, Ark desperately tries to uphold a promise she made as a child to keep her sister safe. Despite the pull to follow in their mother's footsteps, they are desperate to break the cycle of drug abuse and violence, and they're going to do anything they can to break free from it. If you know this author, she also, sidebar is so nice. She emailed me directly after I already gotten a copy from the publisher. She's like, by the way, here's my new book coming out. Like, I would love if, you know, would take a look. I'm like, of course I would. I already had planned to bring it to the podcast. So hi, Tiffany, if you're listening. But she's so talented, but isn't afraid to go there. Very dark, but never exploited. It's always rooted in real events. So just kind Mm -hmm. of know that about this. The cover of this book is awesome. And I'm so excited to read it. This is On the Savage Side by Tiffany McDaniel. I haven't heard of that. So good. Glad you brought that. Because I have been so dark with several of my reads Uh today, I am going to close out with giving you something that is billed as a lighter feel-good book. Yay! And yes, and it's out now. It is The Book Haters Book Club by Gretchen Anthony. Have you heard of this? No, but I love the title. I know, I know. 
Also, it's a little bit of an, it's a nod to um, librarians and booksellers, which I didn't oh, know when I picked go. it, but I know. Okay. So the theme of this book is all it takes is the right book to turn a book hater into a book lover. That is what Elliot, the beloved co-owner of Over the Rainbow Bookshop, believed before his untimely passing. He always had the perfect book suggestion for the self-proclaimed book hater. And now after he's passed, his grief-stricken business partner, Irma, has agreed to sell the cozy over the rainbow to condo developers. But there are people who don't want this to happen. Namely, her daughters, Bree and Lainey, and Elliot's romantic partner, Tom, they are aghast. They do not want to lose over the rainbow. And so they decide that if they band together, maybe they can conspire to save the bookshop, even if it takes some snooping, gossip, and minor sabotage. This book is filled with humor, family hijinks, and this is what I really, really loved, actual reading recommendations. Nice. Because now I need to know what those are. The Book Haters Book Club is the ideal feel-good read. Also, it's a love letter to everyday heroes, those booksellers and librarians dedicated to putting the right books in the right hands every day. What could be better? That is The Book Haters Book Club by Gretchen Anthony. You picked the perfect book to round out our episode. I needed a lift after Tiffany's book, and that is perfect, especially given our bookseller chat. Yes. I'm going to have to go get this one because I put holds on it. And there's a very long wait list. Nice. It's a good sign. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash booktalk, etc. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. We did it. We found the magic.